0: So, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we have uh, Austin on today, and we hey also guys. have a wonderful special guest. Uh, and as most of you know, we've been trying to get some guests on the podcast as of late. And today, we actually have the one and only Trent Palmer.
1: Yeah, how's it going, guys? Doing it's, all right, Trent? It's going. Glad
0: to have you on the uh, on the podcast, my man.
1: So, Trent, yeah, glad to be here. So, we were talking uh, a
2: little bit earlier, um, and for those of you that are listening to the podcast, this will actually be going out tomorrow. Thursday. Yep. Um, so for those of you that are listening to the podcast, uh, Trent Palmer, we actually got with him at Oshkosh uh, Air Venture 2017, and we did a video on his Kit Fox Series 5, or as uh, it is coined, the Freedom Fox. It's got a sweet pain, a patriotic paint <laughs> scheme awesome. on it. Um, but we did a video with Trent, and we talked all about his airplane. Um, he's kind of uh, modded up his Kit Fox to kind of be like a, almost like a bush flyer airplane yeah. with Stole Aircraft. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I gotta say Trent, that's probably like, I've seen, um, a handful of videos coming out of Oshkosh so far. It's definitely my favorite one. I, I absolutely love that kickbox.
1: <laughs> well, Well, that, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, I was excited to have you guys come over and check it out.
2: So part of what we're doing um, with this podcast and and actually a lot of our podcasts going forward is that we're going to try to pair them with relatively recent video content that's coming onto our channel. So there's a couple, as you probably noticed, Trent, Trent, you got a little preview of the video. Um, So there's a couple pop-ups in the video that say, you know, go check out the podcast for more. Um, So a lot of people will probably be listening to this podcast um, from that video. But for the people that aren't, um, that video will be dropping, I believe, Monday.
0: Yeah, that's... Um,
2: so, if you're like one of those uh people that listen to the podcast right when it comes out, definitely te- check out Trent's video um on Monday on the flight test channel um so yeah it's a fantastic one
0: i I've seen the preview and i gotta say i uh i've I've watched it multiple times just, <laughs> just to be honest
2: <laughs> yeah it's not out yet and it's like creeping up to like fifty views so i think I think people are sending it around that uh maybe shouldn't have it's but, great um, <laughs> And I'm one of those included. Yeah. So. <laughs> we're your That's biggest funny. fans.
0: We're your biggest fans. Yeah,
2: I definitely shout that to a couple of <laughs> people. So um, I, I, we were talking earlier, Trent, did you get a chance to go flying this morning?
1: Uh, I did. Yeah, I it it was uh, pretty cool. Actually, the, the guy that was originally my first flight instructor, I had two different ones. Both of them were buddies of mine. But the first one, um, he was back in town. And he's actually the one that went when we picked up the airplane that I bought out of uh, Memphis, Tennessee. He flew it home with me. And, uh, yeah. And at the time I wasn't a tailwheel pilot, I was low hour, you know, private pilot just out of check ride. Um, so that ride home, I needed not only someone that was tailwheel, but someone that was a CFI so I could, you know, start logging hours so that my insurance would allow me to fly the plane. So, and obviously it's a much different airplane than he's flown in before. So we went and landed on some mountaintops and a couple of places that he's never been and let him do some landings. It was, it was a good time. That's so cool.
2: Yeah, I bet that's a blast to be able to, you know, just have somebody come with you and just pal around and just show them a whole different version (laughs) of flight that they're probably not used to.
1: Yeah. And there's definitely there's there's spots that I guess it it must be because I've I've gotten used to it and I've kind of stepped up through the uh, different levels of the landings, if you were to call them that or ratings, you know, difficulty ratings. But um, some of them that we land on are, you know, it's on the side of a hill and you kind of have to be turning when you land. So you land one wheel and it's uphill and I, I could tell one of them, he kind of was like, what's the plan here? <laughs> just he's never been in a, never been at a place that, you know, you, you have a sight picture that's like a side hill that's curving as you're landing up it. So it was funny.
2: Yeah. Normally uh, um, you know, former students give instructors white knuckles for a whole different reason. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> And, and I, I I'll, I'll be honest, I've had to pull the controls from my instructors a couple different times, letting them land the kit Fox. <laughs> it's just a total, you know, Uh, reversal of commands there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely a totally different animal. Um, Yeah. So, um, yeah, for those of you that are listening to the podcast that have not seen the video yet, um, you know, he's, Trent's really done a lot of things to um, to this Kifox to make it just like a true, uh, I guess, yeah, stole aircraft. I mean, it's really, um, you know, when Trent says that he's, you know, landing on top of mountains or on the sides of mountains. He's not kidding. Right. It's like Th- that's a, a real thing. Yeah, by that's the way. definitely it's a crazy. real thing. So I definitely <laughs> I would definitely encourage people to, to check out the video just to see, you know, if nothing else, see that footage.
0: Now, now, Trent, for for those of them that that maybe don't see the video or maybe they pass by because obviously we do quite a bit of content, um, just in general. So sometimes not everybody sees every single video. Uh, give give yeah. us a little bit of background on you know what 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 you kind of did to that plane and and what are the kind of the, some of the modifications that you kind of went through just so our our listeners are aware a little bit.
1: Yeah, and basically it's it's funny it's it's been a transition in the in the airplane that mirrored the transition of my demands as a pilot. So, um, really I, I bought the kit Fox having never flown in one or seen one in real life at all. I just kind of saw what I could find on the internet, decided it was probably a good, um, affordable, uh, entry into owning my own airplane. So I, I bought it and, you know, I, I kind of realized that it had some potential as a, uh, back style airplane or bush type airplane. Right. Um, and then as uh my interest has shifted more towards landing off field, Um, I've just done the modifications to the airplane. And at this point it's got, um, you know, obviously the Tundra tires that puts the nose up high and the, the big landing gear that allows you to take hits a little harder and not bounce as well as get your nose even farther out of um, harm's way. And then it's got the, um, bigger stole specific wing and stole for people that don't know what that means is, um, short takeoff and landing. Mm -hmm. So that wing is, is built specifically for its, its low speed envelope, the, um, stability at low speeds and being able to take off and land shorter. Right. Um, And then a bunch of other little things as far as like tweaks and tunes and, you know, engine work and all that. But the beauty of the plane, um, the the Kitfox is pretty cool regardless of what model you get because of how adaptable they are. So the fun thing is you kind of can like almost like an RC plane that you can pick what you like doing with it and, and go that direction with the single plane and do the modifications you like. There's tons of factory support. Um, there's, you know, a, a huge online community of, of, of Kitfox owners that are out there to help. So cool. it's been a it's been a really cool one to to um, work on and fly.
2: Uh, Is is there a kind of like a subgroup of people that are doing, you know, more stole type activities with kit Fox or is it, have you found anything like that?
1: You know, the, the, I, the kit Fox is actually, it it was designed and built and always has been in Idaho. So it's a backcountry airplane and that's in its bloods. Okay. (laughs) Um, the thing that most people don't do is the off field landings. Um, so I would say out of the, you know Kit Fox community there's a few that go out and do the kind of stuff that I do okay but um the majority of them the the people I fly with are are people that are driving cubs or uh you know carbon cubs or some sort of cub knockoff. There's a couple of Highlanders as well, which is a similar plane to the kit fox
2: Gotcha. yeah so cool. the kit, kit yeah. fox definitely holds a uh special place to me because um that was actually one of the very first airplanes I ever flew in really uh, I was a kit fox um yeah my wow um, my dad uh built two of them. Um, So he built two Kif Foxes and flew them uh, quite a bit, ended up selling them both. Um, He now um, has also built a handful of Vans RVs. Um, okay. Now he's flying a, a Van's RV7.
0: Trent, you and I are hearing this for the first time, and I'm actually related to to this man.
1: Austin uh,
0: So I feel just as good as you do about this information. So,
1: <laughs> no, actually, Austin had already told me that in a past oh, conversation. Oh man, as I well. am behind so the, I I'm behind. I'm behind the eight
0: ball. You're yeah. so alone,
1: Stephen. You're oh so man, but yeah. I appreciate. Well, I, that I got baby. the short form of <laughs> yeah. that story. That's perfect.
0: Before.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> I grew up around um, Kip Foxes, um, and so like just seeing a Kip Fox to me, it feels very nostalgic. Yeah. Uh, to, to see one, but I'm glad that um, I'm glad that they're still alive and doing well. And I know that the you know experimental aircraft business is not always an easy one to be in. <laughs> um, so I'm glad to see uh, um, a company like uh, Kitfox out there doing pretty well. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. Like I, I think that some of my you know favorite things about the airplane airplane is just um, it has you know a, as we talked a little bit about in the video, Trent. It just has you know just really you know just great flight characteristics and is right. just a really um you know rewarding plane at some of those slower speeds lower altitudes um, where you're just, you know, you're, you're very, you're safe in, a, in an airplane like that. Um, you know, one of my favorite things to yeah. do is, you know, just uh, take up a camera and to pop the doors up while you're flying and, uh, <laughs> you know, fly over something and take some photos, which now, you know, you can do that with drones. Right, but, yeah. But back when I was doing it, <laughs> yeah. back when I was doing it, that was very novel. <laughs> that was to, to be able to get an aerial photo of something was very novel back when I was Dude, doing it. Dude, that was... Um, ahead of its time, yeah. Then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I guess speaking <laughs> of that, Trent, um, you know, you're also, you know, um, you know, the video that we did is is a view as a, you know, a GA guy and uh, pilot, um, but you're also, you know, a, a longtime RC um, pilot. Um, so I, I figured that we would talk a little bit about um, and in the beginning of the video is showed that you were putting a, a camera on a helicopter and you're kind of one <laughs> yeah. of the um, the first, you know, well-recognized people to do that. Um, what kind of helicopter was that and and what kind of camera was was that?
1: You know, I don't have a photo of the first. Well, the first ones I did was just kind of like a rickety little mountain on like a T-Rex 500 helicopter. Okay. But um, then I went to the, the Bergen Gasser helicopters. So they were the big, you know, running a Zenoa 26cc or whatever it was, spitting oil and flaming <laughs> out in the air. So I had a big 800 size <laughs> Bergen for a bit and that one flopped pretty quick and I I never even put a camera on it. I just did payload testing. But the first rig that I built that I sent you guys photos of was a um, T-Rex 700 driveline. Okay. Uh, But it was before the time that there was the, the T-Rex 700 E or any of the electric ones in that size. Mm -hmm. So I found a guy on RC groups, I think that had a set of electric uh, frame halves that he built that also converted it to a different um, servo layout to go direct to swash made it was made for 3d flying to be like the lightest 700 you could build but it worked really well for what I did hmm. so um, I guess at the base level it was at-rex 700 um, just modified
2: okay and so uh, what what kind of payload were you carrying on that
1: you know uh, it was a Canon 7d and just a little short zoom lens. Um, And then we put a little servo on for start stop and I put a second servo on the zoom so we could get a little zoom on there as well, (laughs) Um, which was so funny that it seemed like in that industry, there was a very long time where everyone was like still triggering record on the ground. Sure. And even the professionals would go on film sets and do that. I'm like, how hard is it to just, you know, use a a piece of tape and a micro servo and have it push the button. <laughs> um, yeah. I like and we did, yeah, we did a slow motion video that with the Sony, it was like the FS 700 that had some slow motion capabilities. And the only problem was there was an eight second buffer. So you, uh, or I guess you'd get an eight second record time and then it had to record back. So you could only roll eight seconds. So if you try to hit it on the ground, obviously, I mean, by the time the blade starts spinning, it's done. Right. So a lot of people were so in the dark and writing me, how did you trigger that? And I'm like, it's just a a servo.
2: (laughs) You heard of a servo.
1: (laughs) 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 So, um, you know, I think the all up flying weight on those early ones was probably 22 pounds, maybe. Yeah. Um, maybe a little less than that. I kept them pretty light and the camera with lens was probably in the four pound range, maybe five. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, the weight was key, keeping it down. And those things were actually the, the sportiest of any that I could fly. I mean, those ones I could, I could actually track trophy trucks at 70 miles an hour. Wow. Um, yeah, if you saw the footage now, you'd say that looks like garbage, but at the time (laughs) no one was doing anything like that. So it looked really cool.
2: Yeah. Your alternative was to get a huge camera in a real helicopter, you know, that was really at a, you know, insane, you know, cost Mm -hmm. to that. So unless you were, you know, just a top, top, top production, just
1: forget it, you know, as far as aerials go.
0: Yeah. So essentially trying yeah. to kind of like a pioneer of that part of the industry, which is really cool.
1: So, you know, and I, I was there at the start. I don't like taking the, the pioneer name from others. Cause there were a few guys doing it before me. And especially there's that company flying cam that's been doing it since I was like a little kid. <laughs> um, I think we were one of the first to do it effectively on a, uh, a, a, you know, at the high end film industry um or working within the high end film industry I should say um and i we were one of the only ones at the time that had any backing or had background in film so most of them were just RC guys that would walk onto a film set and try to figure it out and luckily i had had um past experience through my my previous job um on film sets and in the in the industry
2: good point yeah well in many ways um i mean flight tests exists today uh because um Probably what eight years ago or so, or not maybe not, maybe a little bit longer. Um, Chad uh, was trying to um, figure out how to get a camera on a multi rotor. Yeah, and you know that was his whole goal was to um, was to get a camera up in the air. And also if with him having a background in video production, you know that he just really wanted that. He um, I think he'd seen a couple other people messing with it and kind of doing stuff with it, and um, really struggled um to find information out there right. and really struggled to find, you know, high quality content out there. Um Oh man.
1: Yeah, it was it was tough and everyone that had anything figured out, even if it could be the smallest thing, everyone's lips were sealed. It was it was ridiculous how many times I would just call to ask simple questions that had nothing to do with the overall uh quality of my work. Like, "Hey, what kind of connectors do you trust most on your batteries?" People wouldn't even write you back. Oh, That's wow. it, it was it blew me away how Um, the people in the industry at the time were so closed off and so unwilling to help anyone just trying to be competitive. Um, there was one guy, I will say Eric Austin with uh, heli video productions. He was the one guy that called me back (laughs) and helped me out with some stupid little things. And he ended up hiring me for my first run of jobs. And to some extent, you know, I owe part of my career to him because he was the one that, uh, helped me get out onto sets with the RC helicopter and helped, uh, build that reel up to where we had something to show. So that's really cool. And it was just cause he was the nice guy that answered. And so I've always tried to, you know, pay it forward since then as well. That's nice.
0: awesome. Yeah. You know, it's all about, especially about flight tests. You're looking from that point of view. It's all about people helping people, you know, and if you, oh, yeah. and if you can do that, usually things come around full circle, you know?
2: Yeah. I think that, um, you know, ultimately, uh, yeah. So I, ultimately that's why, you know, flight tests exists exactly. is because, uh, um, you know, at one point we just decided, well, we're going to start making, you know, the kind of content that we wish that we had or that mm-hmm. we wish we could see. And, you know, like 800 ish videos later, it's getting, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're making a small dent It's <laughs> getting a little ridiculous, of, yeah, we're making a small, making a small dent <laughs> in all the topics that are out there. Right. But I, I'm interested, I'm interested, Trent, um, you know, obviously, you know, since just you've just had a front row seat, um, to just seeing all of this development, you know, in the aerial photography, aerial cinematography field. Mm -hmm. um, What are just some like some interesting milestones that were just like when you when you really noticed that things were starting to shift or things are starting to get easier?
1: Well, you know, every time there was a new well, I guess I should say the biggest things that I saw were the first um, kind of heavy lift multi-rotors being like the CineStar or the DJI uh, S-800. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: that was one of those first eye-opening, whoa, you know, things are changing. Because up, up until then, I was manually flying a single-rotor RC helicopter. I mean, I used a 3D um, fly barless unit. It was, you know, it was tricky. So what I saw was a, a it, it opening the market and um, opening – the door for a lot of other people to come in without, you know, you didn't have to have such finely crafted skills as a pilot. Um, but that was a, an okay thing because really I, I, th- I, think of myself more of a, an operator, um, in the sense that, you know, I'm creating a shot. I'm not just, I, I shouldn't spend all my energy, um, just hovering the helicopter, or just working on keeping it in the air. The re- it, it, your energy should go towards creating the shot. Right. So, um, that that was the first one and then when we saw the brushless gimbals start coming out um you know mainly the i guess actually i think DJI had some gimbals there before the movi but then the movi was the one that that allowed you to put whatever camera you wanted on it and it was handheld or mounted on you know you mounted on whatever you want which right. was pretty revolutionary so I think those were the two big turning points. And then obviously there's just, it's been a roller coaster of, of legalities with shifts from the FAA and, and, and all that. And then the film industry has seen its own um, sets of, of um, I'd call them roadblocks that have come up through whether it was insurance um, you know, production insurance companies, or if it's say like film LA, just trying to get permits pushed through that. There's just been hurdles. Um, no doubt. That have come up on different years. Yep.
2: Yeah. I definitely, so. ble- I definitely believe that. <laughs> Um, what are some, uh, some projects that you, that you've worked on that you're just really happy with or really, really proud of? Yeah.
1: You know, I, I think some of the more fulfilling stuff is whenever we shoot on features, just cause it's always cool to go and see your footage play on, um, you know, on the big screen mm-hmm. for sure. And the cool thing too, with those, it's always so scripted that, I mean, we did, uh, there was a movie gangster squad that came, came out a while ago. Um, I don't know if anyone saw it. That was back in 2012 that we shot that, Okay, but, um, they brought us in for one shot and it was the ending shot of the whole movie that went right into the credit roll. So I think, uh, we, we got on set. It was like they were, it was a, um, a split. So they were working day into night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like 4 p.m. I think we were wrapped by 4.30. We flew like two batteries. And we got, you know, they were like, great, pat you on the back. You leave and you get your check. It's so the the cool part is you don't end up um, beating a dead horse in any respect. You know, you get in, you get what you need and you go. And uh, that stuff's been cool. We we recently did a shoot with David Fincher, who was the guy that, you know, the director of Fight Club and yeah, um, the personally. House of Cards. Yeah, we worked on his uh, latest Netflix series, Mindhunter. And, uh, that was a challenging one, but it was a fun one just because, you know, he, it was his first time he'd ever worked with a drone crew. So, um, it was nice to be there and do it right for him. And he seemed, you know, very happy with it. So that was a fun one.
0: That's super cool. I'm going to have to go and watch these things now. Yeah, Now that I have some type of, uh, experience here with that, I'm going to have to go check these things out. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's super cool.
1: And, you know. Car commercials is kind of our, our bread and butter.
2: Okay. Um, makes
1: sense. We have a bunch of those come through, for, you know, a year and a lot of it's running footage. So say some car company, like we'll have Chrysler Jeep Dodge, which is the same company. Yep. Um, Under whatever Chrysler Motor Corporation, they, they want to go out and shoot all their new vehicles for 2018. So they'll send a bunch of trailers and then a film crew and then we just go out to really pretty locations and we shoot each vehicle in nice light. Um, and normally that affords us the ability to kind of be creative in our own, depending on, you know, how the director is to work with. But, um, there's always a, we're always at pretty places shooting pretty cars. Um, and I'm always getting to fly fast and, you know, a little more aggressive, which is fun. Nice. So, so yeah, those are, those are never bad.
2: What's, uh, what's your, what's a typical, I realize you probably have a whole arsenal of different things, but what's a typical or a favorite setup of yours right now?
1: I've I am running one setup as my primary one and it's the free fly Alta 8 okay um with with a Movi Pro under it and we fly the the red um 8k helium or car, uh, weapon helium the carbon fiber one just red's highest end camera right now
2: nice uh, that's awesome
1: yeah and and it's been a it's a really nice setup because that thing is just so rock solid it doesn't have too many fancy features you know I don't need it to like you know, tap to fly or, you know, do any sort of obstacle avoidance or anything like that. That just seems like more um algorithms in the flight controller for it to get stumbled up on. So I like the the clean, simple. I can take manual control of it when I want. Um and it's weather resistant. Um and then the through the Movi system, especially with that newest Movi, it, it we have full control of everything on the camera, which is really nice to be able to roll p- playback while we're in the air and change all our camera settings. And we we run a zoom lens and everything. So That's we have awesome. a, a ton of control and flexibility through that setup. That's great.
2: So how yeah. how long did it take for it to wear off how, having that much money in the air at once? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> or does it ever? You know, no, it, it does. Um, and I actually have to check myself at times because there's like, people, I want you to, you know, converge on a car, you know, so we're going to fly right at a car and go right over the roof. Okay. How close do you want it? And they're like, as close as you can go. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, cause I can put the landing gear three inches off the roof of the car. And then I find that even in like windy environments, I'm starting to push it a little close. So I have to remind myself every once in a while, like, Hey, that is a hundred thousand dollars in the air. Right. And you know, as, as remote pilot in command, I'm responsible for that. So,
0: That's
1: right. um, but at the same time, if you let that weigh on you too much, you'll find that it limits you. So, um, building that disconnect and being willing to push it where it needs to go, um, without being reckless is probably the hardest part. The, and, and the, actually the hardest thing I've ever had with my job is learning when to say no. Mm, yeah. Um, cause I'm such a, a easy guy that I, I always want to please. And yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I can do that. And then you find a, you know, get pushed into a corner where you're in a situation that you're like, whoa, that, you know, that could have been bad.
0: Right. So it's always finding that balance, of course.
1: Definitely. And, it, and, you know, it probably was. Um, when I was first learning, I didn't know what other people, if other people said, no, I didn't. So I think I got pushed by directors to do a lot of things that most people wouldn't, which made me a much better pilot. Um, and it made me handle stress, I think a lot better than, than most did in the early days. And, uh, since then, I think just, just, uh, a lot of the people that we've worked with before respect, you know, if I say no, that the, they've gotten a lot, um, more understanding than that. And also I think, um, there's just a lot of people that are still going out and doing the pay to play and they think, Oh, I got the money, I can you know I can figure this out and then they go out and crash in front of a film crew. So Yeah, ouch. Um most people now have seen what happens if if, if it gets pushed too far. Yeah. Makes
2: so sense. maybe you can't share them, maybe you can, but there's gotta be a good no story. Like one or two, right? <laughs> oh, God. yeah.
1: I mean, come on. I've been doing this for seven and a half years. I've got I've got plenty. There's got to be a good no story in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've had I've had my set my share of flight control failures. I've had a a large quadcopter, kind of like that big uh, multi rotor you guys just built. That's like the uh, giant FPV guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. I when those when those big T motors came out two three years ago or when, whenever it was I built a big quad with that and I had my Epic under it and it, I I had a flip of death with the Epic on it where you know the thing started bobbling kind of getting agitated and flipped upside down and went straight into the ground Oof. and it was only you know thirty feet up the the camera body lived which was the most expensive part sure um, and then I've had one I put one in an ocean out in the Bahamas oh, which was no. Yeah, it was right when the um, Zenmuse, the first Zenmuse came out, and I had already bought an S800 and a Zenmuse and the little Sony camera to go on the Zenmuse to to get this client. I really wanted to work with the client that did all the Atlantis commercials in the Bahamas. Um, I can imagine why. So they oh, went ahead. Right. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, it was a, a big shoot. So I was like, yeah, you know, at this point, I I won't make a ton, but I can offset the gear. So let's just do it. And then last second, the director said, well, I want to shoot with the GH. I think it was the GH3 at the time, mm-hmm. um, the Panasonic. And I was like, oh, well, I bought. OK, so I had to go buy the $3,500 gimbal for that and then the new camera and all the lenses. And then I ended up putting it on my Cinestar, which was the eight rotor free fly uh, rig at the time. And I had all the like GPS and navigation boards. Like I had a ton of money into that thing. But then to make the gimbal work, I had to have another um, DJI uh, Wukong. Which is like, I had so much money into this stupid thing that was kind of hacked together. And it was the only shoot I brought it on and I put it in the ocean, right? It was on our freebie day at the end where they kind of said, you know, we'll we'll fly out your guys' girlfriends um, and let them, you know, swim with the dolphins and do all this. If you guys will shoot an extra half day at the end for free. And I nice. said, sure. And of course it was on that free day yeah. <laughs> that I just put it in and that, that was a total loss. We had to send a diver out and he got it. But, um, Man. Oh my
2: goodness.
1: and then I've had, I, I've had, you know, power as, on the single rotors. There was a lot of little weird bugs that went through those things. So I always brought two and it wasn't that often that we'd need to use the backup, but I I'd be lying if I told you I didn't. <laughs> so, sure.
2: <laughs> so well, at least the, uh, sounds like the, when you put it in the ocean, it sounds like it was probably the last day of filming. So at least you got through most of it.
1: <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, it, and it could have been so much worse. Whenever I, I look at a, a, one of our incidents that we have, it's, you know, they they suck. But it's kind of what you expect at some point, you know, eventually there's going to be a failure. So you kind of anticipate it and you just hope they're few and far between. And that one wasn't into people. It was at the end of a shoot. We had already had everything completed. And we built a relationship with that client already. So, you know, coming full circle, that loss, I think it cost me like $12,000 and none of it was insured. But, um, Ouch. you know, I, I, I made that back over the years of that relationship I got with that client. So now it wasn't wasn't as tough to swallow.
0: Now, I do have a question. Is there any time when you were talking to a director and he just asks you to do something insane? Right. And you're like, oh, yeah, uh, no. Like what's the craziest thing you've been asked to do or if you can share on that?
1: Oh, it, I mean, it started from the first, like first big commercial we shot on. We were shooting at an airport down in LA and they wanted to shoot a drift car. Um, that was inside of the hangar. It was like an airplane hangar, and they had doors that slid to the side. And what they did, they said, well, how, can we, they said, bring the helicopter here. We brought it and they spread the blades and they moved the door to where it was like an inch from each side of the blades. And they said, okay, here, you can fly through that. Right. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe (laughs) not with one, one inch of headroom on each side. So, um, that was a pretty common thing. And then just even recently we've, I, I try to avoid music videos just because the, the organization on the production end is kind of a, um, it's not ideal, I guess I should say.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and, and it ends up being a lot of work for a lot of times cut rate. But um one of the recent ones we did, the they called and said, How close can you get to the artist's face? And I'm like, Well, <laughs> that's not a good question, you know, that's not something you want to push. So I tell them, you know, 10, 15 feet, and that's really pushing it. We shouldn't be that close. And they didn't tell me who the artist was, and then they didn't give me any other info, but it ended up being like downtown Los Angeles at night. Um, under this kind of it, it's like a tunnel, but it's open on the top. They shot Batman in there or something. So if, if I showed you a photo, you would recognize it. But okay. um, they had us flying indoors at night and it was Rihanna and Kendrick Lamar, and they had me flying so close to them, and that was one of those that I'm like, what's going on, guys? So they're <laughs> always yelling at me closer, 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 and I'm kind of yelling back, No, no, <laughs> no, no. can't That's do that. Now I have There's it. another tool for this. So um yeah, and then there's, I'm trying to think, there's always things where they, you know, want you flying faster, lower. Um, and a lot of it was limitations in the gear previously. Now the gear, I mean, the, the camera stabilization so good through those gimbals. And the the aircraft is so much more reliable that you can, you can fly farther away than we ever used to be able to. Um, we can fly faster. We can fly in worse wind conditions because everything kind of works for you as opposed to against you like it did in the early days.
0: That makes sense. No, oh, that's really cool to hear because you, know, you you don't always get that inside look of like what they're actually going to ask you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's awesome.
1: I hate that fix it in post term because I was the post guy. I was a, um, I mean, I was a full through editor, but primarily I was color correction and uh, compositing. Okay. So that we fix it, like, let's fix it in post. I'm like, well, it takes two minutes to do it on set. And then instead you're going to make me spend an entire day painting that out. Is <laughs> So I was that guy that went and, and you know, with little things like cutting, that's fine. But man, when we first started doing the copter kids thing and people would be like, oh, you can stand here. We'll just paint you out. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, cause I, I know how to do that. And I'm like, and I'm looking around at the lighting and where they're going to pull from and all that. And knowing it's the shaky helicopter shot in the early days, Yeah. I'm like, man, that's 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 gonna be fun. That's rough, yeah. It's well, gonna be rough.
2: It's because not not everybody gets that joke, but uh that's um I I used to work at a production company and that became a very, very bad joke. <laughs> it would just be like maybe sitting in a production meeting and be like, eh, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course someone's head is exploding somewhere. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like no. yeah. But luckily they're they're normally far enough down the food chain that they can't say that much, and that's, that's the, the worst, the worst <laughs> part because <laughs> when you are the editor guy, you're kinda like dang it, and you're like you're like, well, I guess I, it's know. job security. Oh, man, yeah. That's unfortunate. yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> I know I'm not going to run out of work this week. I can that's be honest. Right. I'm glad Stop. I'm not that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's tedious. Well,
2: that, that's, that's awesome, Trent. I really appreciate you uh, sharing some of those uh, stories with us. Um, and for anybody that didn't catch the name, the name of the company is Copter Kids. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you guys have a website and. YouTube channel, Instagram, I'm sure all all that good stuff. So definitely check them out and follow them. Yep. Um seems like you guys are always up to something cool. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. And I've been doing a really bad job of of updating our our reel and website and and Instagram. So I feel bad. I mean, it's still probably worth a follow, but um I need to be on more on top of that. Everything that we've shot lately has been uh like total total media blackout. So they tape over the cameras on the f- on your phone or they'll take your phone away and they don't allow any social media so yeah you can't get take any photos on the shoot and then by the time it comes out i've completely forgotten about it and yep. i'd rather be flying my plane so <laughs> i should i'm i'm kind of guilty of that not keeping up on those.
2: Well, it's good to be up to, you know, lots of awesome things that you can't share as opposed to, you know, having to share everything. So, yeah, that's guess, true. it's definitely yeah. worth a follow, yeah. even if he doesn't update it for sure. I, Go check I, him out. And there'll be links down in the description below. I'm sure people will forgive you. Uh, <laughs> so, so I'm curious, um, uh, Trent, you know, we've just kind of learned a little bit more about you and just kind of like your RC and your your aviation background. Um, what, do you, what do you think is next for you? Um, you know, either just, you know, pro- professionally or for fun um what do you what do you think is next
1: um that is a good question uh you know i really like my job so being a pilot in the film industry i don't really want to walk away from it at any point and there was a while where if, if you would ask me that two years ago i probably would have said i'm gonna have you know four teams running at all you know at all times and i want a bigger uh you know office and shop and all this stuff but i've kind of scaled back my uh my expectations realizing that I, when I've watched a couple of these, these companies grow super big and then branch out and then have, they almost end up with too much overhead and then they collapse because of it. Hmm. So I found it, you know, that, um, it's, it's been a pretty comfortable amount of work and it gives me a, affords me a lot of time off and, um, it's pretty fun. So the next thing is uh, my wife and I just bought, um, some property North of Reno Uh, We sold our house and the plan is to build a hangar home out there and put a little dirt strip and be able to kind of have it's, you know, it's 77 acres. Um, And it's, you know, not the um, it's it's not the nicest area, but it's it's pretty nice for, you know, desert. It's high desert with trees and mountains and all that. So I'm pretty excited to get out there. And that's what's uh, our our big project at the moment.
2: That sounds pretty legit. Yeah, I don't know, man. That sounds pretty perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, perfect for you specifically for sure.
1: Yeah, and then after that, I'd like to build my own plane. I, I you know, I, I really like to build a kit fox. I, I, I love mine, and I've I've rebuilt a bunch of it. But there's things that I've always thought, man. If I could build this from scratch, or not from scratch, but from the start, um, there's definitely things I would change and and make it, you know, truly my own. Just and, and plus, just the gratification you're supposed to get from flying an airplane you built yourself is something I'd like to experience. Right.
2: Yeah, that I definitely think that would be a really really cool next step. And um, yeah, I think that. Um, that's really something that, you know, a lot of people have dreamt of. And, you know, I, I think yep. that a lot of people that fly and build models, you know, don't do it because they're uninterested in general aviation. You know, they do it because it's what's accessible to them at this point. Exactly. Um, yeah. so I think that, uh, yeah, if you end up doing that, you should definitely try to to document your journey and, and share it with people. I think people would really, really benefit from that.
0: Definitely would not mind covering that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, And that's something, and you guys are kicking me into gear because, I started doing a few YouTube videos, which I, sh- I shared uh, the clips with you guys for that. The video you guys did with me. Yep. Um, but I've kind of just, I get lazy and I got, even today I'm like, we went and landed at a whole bunch of places that I've never filmed or, and, and shown anyone, but it's just like, it, it's so fun and easy just to fly that I forget to pick up cameras. Plus it kind of feels like work. So yes. I need to get back into the, to the swing of that and start putting out some more videos because that stuff is fun. Um, and i know people do enjoy watching some of it so
2: no definitely i really enjoyed you know the handful of videos that you have up from mm-hmm. your kit fox adventures and i would really encourage people to to check those out yeah, um sure. and yeah obviously you know making more videos is always good we kind of understand the same struggle where it's like the, you know the balance of like actually having fun and capturing it yeah. and sharing it with people um so yep. so we we get it but um and
0: sometimes we take it for granted sometimes so we're like we're just out having fun with this random airplane that we just got and, you know, not everybody like we live in a bubble, a yeah, bit, like an RC bubble, like we get all this stuff and we fly it and we we, we do we go into the next thing. Um, but a lot of people don't get that. You know, and a lot of people don't get to just experience all these different kinds of aircraft. And similar to you, Trent, you know, not everybody gets to fly into or around or at all these cool places. So, yeah, sometimes we kind of sometimes take it for granted, forget about what uh, what we're actually doing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's good to check back. It's good to check back in with just what's fun. Yes. It sounds like you're having a lot of fun.
1: (laughs) Indeed. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, definitely. We really appreciate you uh, joining us here on the podcast. Um, Fantastic. Oh, yeah want to thank everyone that listened. And again, if you um, haven't checked out the video yet in our channel, please do. Um, and yeah, really, really great talking to you as always Trent.
1: Yeah. And one last thing before we go, I got to say, I've been really impressed and stoked with what you guys have done. Um, as far as the RC world, cause you know, when I started doing copter kids, that's right about the same time that you guys were starting with, with your videos on flight test. Mm -hmm, Um, and I remember what it was like, I mean, RC, to me was I went to a flying field. I was the only young guy and I was around a whole bunch of, of older gentlemen that had very expensive RC planes. And a lot of people didn't understand the the entry path and, and um, that there were more affordable routes. And a lot of people just had no idea how fun they could be or how easy or how um, inexpensive they could be. So you've really opened the door and I've watched a, a total shift in the entire industry. And I, 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 I want to say a good portion of that is due to you guys. So I've been very happy to see that. And it's, it's been cool how reinvigorated, um, you know, the modeling world is. That's awesome, so. and Really, yeah, really, appreciate really, that. really
0: appreciate your kind words. That's
1: yeah. It's been,
2: it's been a, it's been a really, you know, fun journey. And, you know, our goal is to in, you know, in every form that we can try to make aviation more accessible to people, you Sorry. know, whether that's with yeah. tiny models or if that's with, you know, kit foxes, um, I think that just it's for some people, they just don't realize that it's within reach, you know, right. and if there's anything that we yeah. can do to inspire people or to help them realize that it is, uh, we're going to do that. So
1: exactly. Yeah. And I totally, it's funny. I I'm like, uh, one of the ones that watches all your guys's videos on certain, you know, the builds that you do with the, the, I, I've not yet built one out of what is the foam that you guys, uh, the water, built, resi- uh,
0: water resistant foam board, yeah, it's like yeah. a foam board. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. The foam board. I have not yet built one. I've, I've got, you know, different type, like I've done a bunch of flying wings and and things like that, but I've never done like a scratch build and I watch all your guys's and I, I, even like the simple cub, I'm like, Oh, I should build that. And I just, (laughs) you know, know. it kind of feels a little bit like work whenever I do anything RC. So I end up thinking, no, I'd rather fly the plane or I got this or that to do. So I'm, I'm excited to get back into that. And every time I watch one of your videos, it makes me want to. So I'm close. Well, I'm, uh, I'm,
0: I'm sure we could probably send you a kit.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that that's
0: probably outside well, of our realm. Maybe
2: we'll have to do a kit fox kit. Ooh,
1: maybe and a then, kit fox Ooh, And then he will have to. Do that would it. be yeah. cool. You have <laughs> to. Then I would definitely have to do
0: that. You then have to paint it just like yours and you can fly it and you can hang out with it next to your plane. That'd be a nice little photo op. That's
2: that's how we're going <laughs> to twist your arm.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I would definitely do it then. And then um, the other thing, let me let me know. I know you guys are planning on coming out to the Reno Air Races. That's at my home airport. And I'm right here. So. If you guys want to go fly in the plane, um, do anything fun like that, or even do RC or just at least link up, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to be around. So it'd be cool to see you guys.
2: For sure. That, that's awesome. And yeah, we're trying to work out our travel schedule with that. So we'll definitely be in touch.
1: Mm-hmm. Perfect. All, All right. right Trent, long. thanks
0: so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thanks for uh, ta- yeah, no. taking a break
0: from flying your Fox to talk <laughs> to us. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, anytime. Yeah. Afternoons are bumpy anyway, so I'm good afternoons. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast.
0: Uh, for it's been a blast for us too, man. So, hey, make sure that you take care and now uh, we'll be we'll be seeing you in the future.
1: Sounds good. All right, yeah. See you, buddy. All right. See ya.
0: So, uh, so that was Trent Palmer. Uh wonderful, wonderful uh man. He's been, been fantastic uh doing content with us and um obviously I didn't get to hang out with him at Oshkosh. Uh that was uh on the last podcast. You guys probably talked a little bit about that. Um but uh definitely an enjoyable time to talk with him and, and really, really enjoyable. Um but like we said, first and foremost, we are doing these podcasts. Every Thursday, Uh, we're trying to have more guests on. So if you have a guest that you really wanna see on the podcast or hear on the podcast, um, make sure that you put that uh, down in the comments below because we always wanna hear who you want to hear from. Um, That's a big thing for us. And also, uh, make sure if you haven't done so, uh, subscribe on iTunes, uh, watch it on iTunes. We are um, uploading this to iTunes uh, and it's gonna be video on iTunes as well. And obviously other uh, podcast apps that you guys go through, it'll be available to those as well. Uh, But make sure you like it. Uh, Subscribe, uh, rate it for us. Let me know. uh, Let us know what you feel about it. Um, And we will kind of go from there. So we will see you guys next time. Yep. See you guys. Deuces.